Hey, Starks here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're dynasty driven, but we give redraft flavor. We're joined by Pulse Podcast Network. We're collaborating with the fantasy pros with the rest of season rankings. And now we have our dynasty rankings as well on our website, thefantasyunicorns.com. Read our content there. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Uh, also review our podcast unicorn listeners continue to spread the word about us Um, with that being said it's going to be a head and shoulders offense with me and kevin here this evening morning afternoon wherever you may be and i'm going to pass the ball there to kevin what's up internet uh it's kevin you can find me on twitter at kevin so and i'm glad to be here and uh let's get started all right, guys, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. And real quick, you guys can fo- find me on Twitter as well, at Starks underscore industry, uh, and as well as the Instagram, Fantasy Unicorns underscore Starks. You can also find me on Reddit, Starks21. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the current news here, and it's uh, Marvin Bagley. Um, I was unable to actually touch up on him yesterday, but he had a good game. Um, and it was actually special. He dropped 31 points, and, you know, he's one of those players – that actually was kind of riddled with a few injuries a little bit this year. And as far as inconsistencies because of Sacramento, but one thing I, I, I will say about him is obviously the game that he had when he dropped 32 points and seven rebounds with a couple, you know, a steal and a block. He's a player. Uh, if you have him in a dynasty league, you know, you can definitely look around and look as far as with GMs that you may think that if they're willing to buy him, because for me, I look at him like this. He's a good player, but I just believe there's other rookies that came out this year that is better than him. Um, but, you know, that's just my take on him. If you do have him, you know, still enjoy the ride for as far as redrafters. If you have him, you know, enjoy the ride. He, he should give you a solid um, season the rest of the way. So with that being said, I'll pass the ball to Kevin, his thoughts on uh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, Marvin Bagley, um, you know, I was a little bit down on him coming in. Uh, it's tough the fact that he was drafted before Luca, you know, I think maybe I always hold that personally against him. Um, but yeah, he's a player. He's, um, he's going to be productive in his career. He's going to be a 20 and 10 guy for multiple seasons. I think, um, he doesn't really produce a lot in the stocks categories. Um, you know, and he doesn't really get you like assists or anything like that. But, you know, he can score and he can board and he can be efficient. And that 32-point game, actually, the, the thing that really jumped out to me was that he went 11 for 13 from the line that night, mm-hmm. which is pretty huge from a big. Now, the trade for Harrison Barnes kind of mutes some of his potential for the rest of the season, to, in my opinion. Um, they, they have a, a pretty crowded front court between, um, you know, Belitza and Willie Colley Stein, and you get you want to get they want to get Harry Guy, uh, Giles in the mix. Um, to me, uh, he's still he's the most talented of that group. Um, even though, again, I said you know I wasn't that high on him coming in, but he you know of that, I think he does have the highest ceiling. Um, he doesn't do all the things that I like, sort of a modern big man to do as far as getting those defensive stats. But he's actually done okay recently, and he he is averaging one block a game uh, this season, which. Is not great, but it's you know it's not uh, Enos Cantor levels. So 
he's he's a he's a solid bet for the rest of the season. But I do you know I do think that that Harrison Barnes trade does hurt him a little bit. Uh, but you know he can always explode, obviously, for games like this. And I think there'll be plenty of twenty and ten games the rest of the season. Awesome. And, and real quick, I'm going to steal the ball and give it right back to you. We'll play a little bit of musical chairs here, right, as far as this goes, because we're running the head and shoulders offense. So who would you take out of those three, Marvin Bagley, Willie Cauley-Steins, or uh, Harry Giles? For redraft or dynasty? For dynasty, or... and then we can do redraft for both of them. Uh, I actually like Giles the most okay. out of that group uh, long term. Um, you know, I think if you're just looking to – finish out the season and then maybe think of next season. Um, it's a toss up between Barnes and, and Willie Colleystein. I'd probably lean Willie Colleystein a little bit just because he can produce, um, you know, in more of those counting stats. Um, and we've kind of haven't seen how Barnes will look in this offense, but um, yeah, I'd probably go that route. Yeah. So we're going to jump. That's, that's pretty good. We're going to jump into a next a player that was cut and then picked up from the pretty much from the free, waivers per se in NBA and it's um, Wayne Ellington. And actually, we're recording while games are going on. It looks like Chris Dunn is heading to the locker rooms. Hopefully, nothing's bad. Um, but we'll get to you guys as far as if any more reports coming through. So, Wayne Ellington for the Detroit Pistons. You know, as uh, me and Kevin and Doc was talking about a couple episodes after the trade post-deadline with a lot of information unpacked out of the back of the trunk of the car, however you want to say it. it was a lot that we got in. So one thing I wanted to touch up on about this situation, what I was saying, like Pistons, when they picked up, what's his name again, Kevin Shvi? Is that right? Shvi or something like that? That was V, yeah. V. V. Right. So him and then, you know, you have uh, Luke Kennard and as well as the other guy. Who's the other guy I'm trying to think of? Brown, I think have, it was Bruce Brown. No, go ahead. Yeah, they have Bruce Brown. They have Langston Galloway. Those are the wings. Yeah, so that's that's one of those situations that's I don't like that type of crowd. I mean, you want to expect Canard uh, to come out of the crowd there as, as far as starting there and getting some good run. But to have Wayne Ellington there, um, I took a flyer on pretty much all of my leagues. I know particularly right now he's not having a good game because we're recording while games are going on. He played 19 minutes, and he shot one for eight. But – if you were able to, you know, in a deeper league, he's worth a flyer for me because I know they had mentioned that uh, at least Dwayne Casey, but, I mean, as you guys know, when he used to coach in Toronto, you, sometimes you don't know what you're going to really get with, with him. Uh, but he was saying he was going to at least try to insert him maybe in the starting lineup. He didn't, he didn't start tonight, this morning or afternoon, wherever you may be. But um, keep in mind that he, they were, he was talking about willing to put him in like the – uh, the Reggie Bullock role. So just kind of think of that. And if they, if he actually inserts him, or even if he doesn't start, if he gets a good amount of playing time, if he gets about 28 to 30 minutes a game with Detroit, I'd like to have that. And, you know, hopefully he's going to hit those threes. I mean, that's something that he could be just more of a streaming person. But again, you know, since we're dynasty driven um, in a deeper leagues is what, you know, me, Kevin and Doc like to allude to. He's a player that I definitely like to have and kind of wait to see what's going on. And obviously, as the playoffs are coming around, you can't waste too much time on certain players. But if you're in a good position, you can afford a player like this. Just see what happens and, and pick him up. But, you know, with that being said, I'll pass the ball to Kevin and his thoughts on Wayne Ellington. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he got eight shots tonight is probably a good indication. Uh, and seven of those shots were three-pointers. So he can definitely light it up from deep. Obviously, it wasn't happening tonight. But uh, as Starks was saying, if you, if you, especially if you need three pointers, um, there's not going to be too many other guys that are going to be available on waivers um, 
that can get you two and a half threes a game. And he's a guy that actually can do that. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's not going to do too much else. You know, he'll get you a little bit of scoring, but it's mainly threes are going to be his strength. He actually got four boards and two assists tonight, which is, is that's pretty good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just in being in a new environment, maybe some of his other skills come out, but uh, just from his time in, in Miami, you know, he was just kind of a three-point specialist. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially in deeper leagues. You, you need guys like that to kind of help fill out your roster and, and kind of beef up some of those categories. But, um, you know, he's he's a really good deep league player. I don't know he's, if he's a 12-team guy yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't touch him there. But 16 teams, leagues and things like that, um, you know, he's worth checking out. Um, I actually almost dropped him in a 30-team league earlier this season. Um, I had made kind of a not the best trade uh, I was trying to increase my three-pointers and I I, uh, I went for um, a trade sending sort of a, a back-end first rounder um, and get back Wayne Ellington and, and, a, and a second rounder so it was kind of you know to me I was just trying to win now and so right. I didn't care about that pick uh, and then sort of he kind of just fell off like the next week and just was out of the rotation so that was definitely not great. And I, I almost dropped him a couple times um, in my dynasty league, but I held on knowing that he, he really wanted that trade. And I was hoping that they were going to facilitate it. And it looks like they did. And he really ended up in kind of the ideal situation for him mm-hmm. because as Starks mentioned, they don't have strong wings there. You know, they have Luke Kennard who has that potential. Um, he did have a, a good game statistically, but he actually was a, a negative in the plus minus. He was, he was minus nine, which is the second worst on the team for Oof. tonight. So he wasn't great in that sense. And, um, you know, he's, he's maybe, I guess, a liability on defense if, you, if you're looking at that. So I think if um, once Ellington kind of gets um, settled in there and gets kind of used to the offense, he can definitely just slot in and be that spot-up shooter, takes, you know, five, five or six threes a game and, and gives you two or three every time. Um, and that's valuable in fantasy. So uh, definitely someone to keep an eye on in deeper leagues and um, – yeah, I, you know, I, I think he'll do pretty well the rest of the season. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate you highlighting the, the you know, what type of league to, to probably grab him in a 16-man league or even possibly in a 14-man league. So real quick question of the trade that you did. You, did you get taken for a ride on that trade? That you uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was going to be one of the last first-round picks. Okay. Um, so it was probably going to be in the, the bottom five of the first round and then – um, I gave up, or he gave me sort of a middle second round pick along okay. with Ellington. So I think it's it was kind of fair, but yeah, at the time I was not happy because he wasn't even getting on the court uh, for for a solid month or two there. But now I think it's come around, and and I'm glad I held him. And I think it'll probably end up kind of being a wash as far as uh, value on the trade. Nice. So we're going to jump into the next player here, um, and it's Tobias Harris in Philadelphia. And I know there was someone that reached out to me and was like. Tobias Harris, what was the quote? It was something like uh, stack team for what? Like, I'm trying to remember. He said something about stack team, no problem. Something like that along those lines, meaning he's not going to take a value hit. Now, I'll say this, you know, to the listeners as well. This is, for me, a a sell high moment. Um, I mean, he scored 22.6 rebounds, six assists, and, you know, so uh, other stats, but you know, I'm not going to give you guys – I mean, obviously you guys know the stats. But one thing that I wanted to mention on this is obviously sell high. And the reason why is because, again, Philadelphia, the, everybody is going to be these type of nights that there's going to be a player that's not going to have a good night. Like Ben Simmons that night, 
he was eight, three, and seven. So if you kind of when we when I do that as far as say three numbers, it's points, rebounds, and assists, and that's what he had. That's Ben Simmons, eight, three, and seven, and he was the player that took the L that game, meaning he didn't have the best game out of the Philadelphia offense. And also keep in mind they put up 143 points against the Lakers. So the Lakers, as you guys know, they're in a situation that. Um, you know, with the trade rumors that went on before the trade deadline, it has the players not feeling the same about each other, and they may feel some type of way about LeBron. There's just a lot of things that's kind of, you know, them looking at each other, and they may not want to play their heart out. But anyways, going back to Tobias Harris, this is a player that, of course, I mean, he's a good player, but there's going to be nights where one player is going to go off, and then there's going to be a player that is going to be hidden. And I mean, even Jimmy Butler, he had an okay game, but everybody is not going to go off for Philly. So if you're able to dial up a GM and trade him off, because he's not going to provide that value that we were accustomed to. I believe he was like a 25 to 30-ish type player, could even been better at some point in time. But, you know, we're dynasty driven. He seems more of the 50 to 60 range if he continues to stay in Philly. And obviously, if they hold all of those players next, next year, it may allude to that. So. You know, with that being said, I'll pass the ball to Kevin and his thoughts with uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah, um, I agree with all that. I think, you know, if you can sell high on him, if someone is convinced that he's not going to lose any value and is willing to give up a top 25 player, um, I I go for it. Uh, The only thing is if it's a dynasty league, because I do think he's going to be a free agent this year. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be sticking with this team uh, heading into the next season. So. Um, he, he's going to be looking for a big payday. Um, and so, you know, even if you take a hit the rest of this season, um, I think that his potential um, heading into next season is, is still really high. So uh, for a redraft, yeah, if, if you can get top 25, top 30 value for him, I would go for it because I agree. I think he's going to probably be more like a top 50-ish player the rest of the season, uh, despite the game that he had um, against the Lakers. But um you know, in Dynasty, for me, he's probably a hold just because I do believe in his abilities and his skill. And I think that, you know, he if he doesn't go back to a stacked Philly team, then he'll find uh, sort of a, a, another star role on another team where he's at least the number two guy um, and kind of carves out, you know, similar type values moving forward. Nice, nice. And, and Kevin, before we move forward, do you ever used to trade cards or collect cards back in the day or even still to this day now? Yeah, uh, when I was um, in middle school, I got completely obsessed with uh, all cards, of baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, obviously, and, and even hockey cards. So that all, if you if you ever talk to me about my <laughs> hockey knowledge, it's only only in the span of uh, from age eleven to thirteen, <laughs> like the players then. So you know, the Eric Lindros and the Mario, <laughs> those guys. Um, but yeah, I used to love cards, and I would I would always go to card shows and and buy and sell and um you know try to try to make money and and uh, you know just opening a pack of cards is always one of those one of my favorite things to do and and even now i think about it, i'm like it would still be fun to to open a pack of cards right now so uh you know maybe some of that stuff doesn't leave you when you become an adult yeah i mean let me say this because i mean I'm, i actually have basketball cards i got to think about if how much the worth is i have a couple kobe bryant cards and i know one's a rookie card so nice I, I need to i need to check that i'll see where that what i can get from that and also uh, maybe might even look into cars so that's kind of alluding to uh you know breakstuff.market breakstuff.market your new innovative and global marketplace for trading cards stickers and sports memorabilia 
They offer one of the lowest commission fees on the market, provide an easy setup from every device, of course, also mobile responsive. Secure transactions via PayPal or Stripe and Safe Collectors community. Join it now and get ready to buy some awesome collectibles or sell some of your collective stuff and make a good profit. All right, so we're going to jump into the next player on the recent news here. And it's, uh, is it Ch- is it Chasen Randall there? Chasen. Chasen, Chasen Randall. Randall. Okay, so he gets a he gets a spot start um, here. And I actually, man, I tell you what, it's funny when you get uh, people, you know, when you get those questions like, or, you know, I understand people either gets a little hyped up or just ahead of themselves and they take some type of news and be like, what are you talking about? You're making it seem like he's not going, he's going to start the rest of the way. I'm not saying that. I mean, I guess when you say certain things, you, you got to, you do have to be careful. So I, I, I took that for what it is. All right. You know, he took it. He's going to start, but it was like, Oh, well you're making it seem like he's starting the rest of the season. No, I'm just saying he just took a a spot start. So let me just go ahead and go off on an ISO uh, moment here. So basically rant per se is, you know, Mr. Randall here, he's just getting a spot start. He's not taking over the starting job, but um, it's definitely a game that you want to see what he can do. Now, obviously, we're recording while games are going on. He didn't have the best game today, but this is a player that I actually want to pass the ball to Kevin. Um, but this is a player that I'd like to see what happens in the dynasty format since we're dynasty driven. But I will pass the ball to Kevin and his thoughts on him before I jump on him. Yeah, I mean, this is my team. Uh, you know, they brought up Randall from the G League, and he's what he is. You know, he's he's never going to be started. Okay? Um but he is a solid player and can step up sometimes, you know, when his number gets called. He did have a 20-point game um, mm-hmm. in his last one. Obviously, he didn't play well in, in this start. Uh, he's only starting because Sato's uh, wife is about to give birth. So I think um, he's with her right now. So that's obviously not a like, like an injury-related type of thing or any sort of promotion mm-hmm. for Randall. Um, the guy that I actually think, um, you know, if there were any, you know, if, if Sada was out for longer, the guy that is a little bit more interesting to me is Jordan McRae. Okay. Uh, so he's another uh, guy, you know, that brought him from the G League. And he he has stepped it up. He's actually had a, a couple of good games. And he's, um, you know, he doesn't do too much besides score right now. Um, but at least with Dynasty, he's somebody that I would have a little bit more interest in in those really deep, you know, 30-team leagues, those sorts of things. Um as sort of a guy with some potential, because uh, he definitely has sort of that skill, which is score. Um, he, the rest of his game isn't really um, well-rounded out, but, um, you know, he could get there, and he has shown some ability. But as far as chasing, um, you know, he's, like I said, he's, he's a low-end backup guy, but he can produce sometimes. I think he was probably a popular guy for DFS tonight. Uh-huh. Um, There's probably a lot of guys that just were able to, throw him in for the minimum, but didn't really end up getting much in return for him. But, um, you know, I think I would expect Sato probably back in the next game or if not the next one, the one after. Um, and he'll kind of be back to his, you know, top 60-ish type play. All right. And actually, as we record, I got a message from a listener. It's actually from Broken Memory. Let me ask you this, Kevin. Should I pick up uh, Karis Levert and drop? I'm set to make playoffs. Do you think Levert will go back to his early season stats? I'm sorry, who uh, you broke up there? It, drop who for Levert? Sure, sure. So um, the, the the listener says, should I uh, pick up Levert and drop Jackson? I'm set to make playoffs. Do you think Levert 
we'll go back to early season stats. I don't think Levert's going to be back to early season stats, at least not for a while. I mean, maybe by the time the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs come around, but he's still a couple weeks away. I mean, if you see that he's, they're not running him out there for, for, for many minutes yet. So he's probably still kind of being cautious uh, with the ankle and, um, you know, he's probably got to work back up to getting in shape. So I think the Nets are probably planning for a uh, postseason run. So I think they want to preserve him and make sure that he's good to go once the playoffs start. Hopefully they're, they're able to get in. Um, and I'm sorry, they would drop uh, – is that Josh Jackson? I'm a, it, didn't, it didn't say that, but I'm assuming it's Josh Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you know I don't really think Josh Jackson <laughs> is a, a good player, but he's got opportunity. Right. I do think he's could be in trouble when – TJ Warren gets healthy and comes back. I think um, that's going to eat into some of his minutes. But, you know, he's been playing really well lately. He's been putting up all sorts of counting stats. So, to me, uh, on a sort of obviously bad Phoenix team, um, they should be giving him a lot of run the rest of the season, whereas I think the Nets will be more conservative with Levert and kind of help make sure that he's good to go come playoff time. So, I would I would hold Josh Jackson in that case. Oh, wow. I'm I'm – pretty surprised but that makes sense um so let me actually uh jump into the next player here on the recent news because we do actually have a few more listener questions there um if i end up getting messages as far as questions i'll put it on here as well um so jeff teague man you know since we're dynasty driven how do you feel about him moving forward what do you do with him man yeah i mean he's still a good player he uh next year he's gonna be he has a player option for 19 million um, mm-hmm. which I would assume he's going to do. But, I mean, this season, has you know, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff, and he's only coming in at 119th overall in um, standard leagues for the season. So, you know, with the emergence of, of all people, Derek Rose this season, um, you know, I think it's been kind of tough for him um, to kind of get into a, a groove. And I think he's a guy that, you know, if someone hopefully he strings together some good games here before the trade deadline, in, in which case I would look to try to move him, especially in dynasty mm-hmm. leagues, um, for somebody that's trying to maybe you know needs some of those because he can still produce assists and he still does get steals, um, and, and it's pretty solid in those categories. But um, I do see him possibly declining over the next couple seasons, and I don't know what his role is going to be next year. I mean, he should be the starter. He is, in my opinion, a better player than Derrick Rose. Yeah. But, you know, you also have Tyus Jones there, depending on what he does. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's he should get back into the top 100, maybe even the top 80 next season, I would assume. Um, mm-hmm. But for this season, it, it's been a tough one. And, um, you know, I would probably try to look to move him. Uh, I actually had him in a dynasty league. Uh, and I and I traded yeah, him. You moved him. Um, oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah, you moved. Yeah, him. I, moved, I moved him in the summer because you know I was trying to get a little bit younger, um, and so I mean that's kind of worked out for me in that sense. But I he's still a solid vet. You know, he still he still has a couple years left, but I don't see him reaching sort of um, the numbers that he was getting a couple years ago. Um, it's sort of towards the end of his career now. Oh, and I'm actually in our dynasty league. This this makes the pot really interesting here, Kevin. So, um, I don't know. You remember how uh, there was a uh, a GM in our league that mentioned, you know, maybe you should be the the Woj uh, bomb dropper in the league. I think that was a pretty good idea, but she wasn't really a fan of that, man. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, you and I are busy <laughs> enough. We don't, we don't yeah, that added <laughs> yeah. responsibility. 
Right. So actually, I just got it. Of course, you know, I, I get DMs from him like all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so real quick, he I guess the deal is um, just to let the listeners know in the, in the dynasty league that me and Kevin's been in for uh, three years now going. On, I think it's three or four years. So the deal's done. Starks, he says, um, I guess he's getting seconds, uh, two seconds. We'll go to Kenny 2023 first via Kenny will go to me. I don't really understand what he was saying. I have to relook at that. But essentially, I know he was <laughs> – I go on an ISO rant real quick about this situation. So, you know, to, to the listeners that when you're – even before, you know, before you get in our leagues, you know, obviously there will be some ground rules and, and set because when you run your own league, obviously there's a lot of things that people – obviously there's competitive um, competitiveness. And then obviously you just want to make sure that you have the right commissioner. And if you have co-commissioners, definitely work together. And that essentially work together as a league because, you know, there's going to be some GMs that are going to be upset. So real quick um, on the situation that's kind of going on right now, there is, as, as you know, dynasty leagues, you can kind of go as long as you want. As far as like years, we started a few years ago at this league, the cap limit was like, you can make about four picks throughout the years. So he was a little bit upset with me because it's like, well, if this is a dynasty league, you know, why can't we do five or six years? I mean, you can, but, you know, we established the rules in the beginning. So just kind of make sure that everything is configured out in, when you have your own dynasty league other than ours. But we'll have more um, information about ours moving forward. So uh, with that being said, we're going to jump into a player here. And uh, it's actually recent news that happened earlier today. Jeremy Lin going to the Raptors. And this is obviously I know Kevin had mentioned here earlier and Doc as well that, you know, it's going to put uh, a, a decrease in value on uh, Van Leet. And Van Leet is actually at the same time as out for three weeks. So um, with that being said, I'll pass the ball to Kevin on his thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, Jeremy Lin slots in pretty well here. You know, he's a guy that can play the one and the two um, pretty interchangeably. Um, he's a good scorer. So, um, you know, he's a guy that they can run out in the second unit and is someone that can actually get their own shot, which is good. Um, and I think he's going to obviously pull value away from Van Vliet. He's going to um, pull some value from Norman Powell as well. I think um, those are the two guys that are probably going to be affected. I don't know if his value increases too much from what he was doing in Atlanta. Um, I think, you know, he'll obviously have some big games when um, Lowry and or Kawhi are out. I could see him putting up some big scoring games, but there's a lot of, I guess, there, there's a lot of, scoring that can happen on this team already so um i think you know he's a guy that can get you you know he could get 10 points you know three or four assists couple boards couple threes um you know nothing to get too excited about but uh for an end of the bench guy you know he's a he's a solid guard to have Uh, and in deeper leagues he's definitely a guy that you want to have on you know on your roster if you if you need help in some of those categories um you know he kind of helps sort of all around doesn't really get you a ton of steals or anything like that, but um, you know, in general, he's he's a he's a a, a good pro player um, and is going to put up you know some low end stats to to help you out. Hey man, Lin Sanity's back. I just I just wish he would. Man, it would have been nice for him to somehow go back to the Knicks as, as bad as they are and just somehow get the start. I think he's, he's, he wants that championship, <laughs> so I think he. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he might want that championship. So we're going to jump into the next player here, uh, a player that I'm I'm not really too much of a fan of, but it doesn't necessarily mean 
um, he's a bad player for your fantasy squad. So that's Dion Waiters, and I'm going to pass the ball to Kevin and his thoughts on him and his outlook for the rest of the season. Well, Dion had a had a huge game against Golden yeah. State. He had 24 points, and that included six three pointers. So Oof. he can light it up. You know, when he gets hot, he you know he's definitely he's one of those guys that doesn't lack the confidence to 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 chuck it up there. And you know he's going to be streaky. You know he's he's got opportunity now that um, now that they moved Tyler Johnson out. He he definitely has a little bit more of an opportunity. The only thing is, I think. Uh, if and when Drogic comes back, um, he's going to obviously eat up a lot of that usage in that time um, that they're kind of giving to waiters now. But I think, you know, even in standard leagues, he's worth a a shot, especially if you need three pointers. Uh, But you do have to kind of be careful about that field goal percentage because as, as much as he can get hot and and light it up, he has a lot of cold nights too. So he's a really streaky player and you kind of have to ride the highs and lows with him. But if you need scoring and you need threes, um, he's not a bad guy. He actually can get you some assists, too, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. as well. So uh, I agree with Starks. I don't think he's a good player in, in real life. I think he's, he's, he's a, neg- a, ne- a negative for the team. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything for fantasy. So if, he's, if they're running him out there and he's, you know, getting 15, 16 points a game with, with three threes, you know, that's, there's definitely value in that. Yeah, definitely. So, in a, a, you think he's rosterable in a twelve-man league? If you need threes badly, then yeah. uh, <laughs> you could do worse, I guess. But you, you, you know, you have to brace yourself for for the lows as well. Yeah. So we're gonna actually jump into a few listener questions here. Um, so one of the questions, since we're dynasty driven, we'll give you the redraft uh, process as well. So if you're stuck with these two players, and this listener is from El Polito. Do you do Zubat? I, I'm not going to even try his first name. Zubat, Zubat, or Mark Gasol? See, again, I'm I'm in the win now, um, and mm. I think before the trade, I would have it would have been clearly Gasol. Um, right. Although, I mean, he, I guess actually, he I, I do like his value now more because he is on a team where they won't be um, sitting him or they won't be shutting him down. Right. Um, he just he just produces so much um i think he's on a different level than zubach now obviously dynasty can mean a couple of things so if you're in just like a rebuild situation you're trying to get young obviously zubach is the way to go because gasol's already 34 um he's got a couple years left you know uh gasol's still hanging uh his brother's still hanging in the league so it shows that you know he he can still be a productive player for a few more years um and he just produces so much in multiple categories you know he's he's definitely he gets you steals blocks threes you know uh good free throw shooter uh gets a ton of assists for a big man um so i like what he can do more than zubach um at least for the next two seasons or so um but i do Mm -hmm. like the upside of zubach and i think he can find a place with the clippers um and and start producing um but for me I, i have to go gasol still yeah, for me, that's still Gasol, but I'm going to ask you this. So in the next couple of years, I mean, you pretty much highlighted on pretty much everything I, that my process of thought was. So in a dynasty league, so I know Doc is more of the three to five year window, which is good to have like a mirrored, uh, a mid card in the group. Do you think um, in a three to five win, a year window, he's probably 
better suited for that, Zubac versus Gasol? Yeah, if you're looking three or four years down the road, uh, that shifts it, and that 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 Zubac has more value in that case. Um, but again, he's not a proven quality a quantity either. So right, um, That's you know, true. you're getting you know what you're getting with Gasol, even if maybe his role is a little bit reduced in Toronto, um, whereas Zubac is a little bit more of a wild card, and um, you know. If you're going that route, you're you are taking a gamble. Yeah, I mean you're definitely taking a gamble because, like, again, we're recording while games are going on. He only had 14 minutes tonight with three points. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to get the playing time um, there, but that's still something that you're going to get the highs and lows with him, you know, moving forward. So hopefully, just like Kevin alluded to, that he's a wild card right now. So um, he's still a player for me. If he's somehow available in the free agency, you got to have him the rest of the season. I, I'd like to have him for sure. And I actually pitched out a couple of offers, I think in my actually my redraft league. And I guess, you know, it comes to a point now for certain leagues that I'm in, whenever I send a, a trade, whether it may not even be like a, a top name player, people are quickly to reject it because it's like, uh, I didn't know about this guy, but now maybe I should pay attention now because, you know, I, I got an offer from him. So, um, but essentially it, you know, I, I like, I do like to see the upside of Zubash and what he does moving forward this year. So we're going to jump into another question here um, from the listener. And he says this from Z, Z, uh, Z Kyle 45. Do I drop Okafor with this Anthony Davis situation? Um, For me, if you're able to, to afford having Okafor um, this this year, you know, I, I would, but it just it always depends. It depends on your situation. It been, depends on, you know, what type of league it is. It depends what um, place you're in. It just depends on a lot of things, how your team is built. So for me, I'd like to still have them um, if I can afford it, but if not, then I'm not going to hold and, and hold my breath and, and try to play that game with AD is he going to be in, AD is he going to be out. So you know, with that being said, I'll pass the ball to Kevin. Yeah, I agree. It, there's so many factors here. It's 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 tough to just be like, do I drop this guy or not? Um, yeah. He he's missed the last two games with ankle injuries, I guess. Um, so that kind of works against his favor. And it, playing, yeah, like Stark's saying, playing the whole game of you know, it, he's obviously gonna do his damage when AD is out, but. We don't know when that's going to be necessarily or if that's going to be in only back-to-backs or how the Pelicans are going to play it. So there's a lot of wild card aspect to this as well. Uh, he's a guy I don't – I don't. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's actually a very good player. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a guy that can produce, and he, he's, he has produced um, the last couple of weeks um, with, with AD out. So he's been a good guy to have on your team. But now dealing with this injury, now that AD is back – um, maybe uh, New Orleans kind of shifts and tries to see what they have in Czech Diallo, uh, which is what I would do if I was New Orleans. Um, to me, in most situations, I would probably move on from Okafor uh, unless it's a really deep league or just there's no other options and I really need to have a big man, um, that sort of situation. But uh, I'm probably more leaning towards moving on from him just because there's too many question marks around the situation um, and – I, I personally think that they should be running Diallo out there more. Agreed. Agreed, man. So let's jump into the next question here. And it's, um, and this question is done or love. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass the ball to you on that. He he also mentioned he had JV, which is uh, Jonas Valachunas. Now you, so, you just said that Dunn um, got hurt or something. Or yeah. Something? So I got another report. So he got hurt 
but he returned back to the bench. So I'm assuming at this point, thanks for bringing that up. I'm assuming at this point in time, he's fine. Yeah. There's such different players. So it really depends on what you need. Um, I'm hoping, and this is maybe just me being selfish, that love, they start letting him loose a little bit more before the trade deadlines in in one of my leagues, because I am sitting on him and I'm trying to move him. Um, but these last, you know, the, these first two games back have been, they, they haven't given him enough minutes, but, um, I'll probably go, if it's a redraft league, I would probably go done just because I don't know what love's going to do the rest of the season. I, I feel like the Cavs are definitely one of the worst teams in the league and there's no reason to, to put him out there, um, you know, consistently, uh, and I just, I feel like I could see them, you know, shutting him down at some point during the season. Um, and just seeing what they can, if they can move him in the summer or if they just kind of reset and, you know, run him back out there in October. But I think um, the shutdown risk is there. And I think that um, even if it's not, they're just going to be really cautious with him. Um, and I, I feel like Levert, or I'm not Levert, Chris Dunn has, you know, a more consistent 30 minutes a game type of mm-hmm. role in, the, in his offense. And, He's a guy that, you know, he's not going to get you a ton of points, but, um, you know, he can score. But obviously his his strengths are going to be in assists and steals. And so if that's what you need, um, obviously you got to go with him. Um, he's also a younger player. So in Dynasty Leagues, you got to take that into account. Um, but if you need scoring and rebounds and three-pointers, then uh, Love is probably the, the better way to go Dynasty-wise because I do think he still has – years left uh in, in you know of being sort of a a top 40-ish player but um i think for this season if it's a redraft i go chris dunn again unless i'm already stacked in assists and, and steals and i need the, the stats that um kevin love's going to provide yeah what's the love got to do with it huh so let me ask you this man this is i mean for at least for me uh, because I know you said you're thinking about trading. When, do you know when your deadline, uh, trade deadline is in your league, man? In that league, it's uh, on the 23rd, I think. So I have, okay. you know, uh, 12 days or so. Hopefully he can string together some games. And Because uh, I did get an offer for him back when he was hurt for two mm-hmm. low-end first-round picks. And I thought about oh, it, yeah. um, but I figured I wanted to <laughs> see passed. what I could do. I mean, and I don't mind. I can hold him going into the summer. This is this is a league where I'm, I'm doing a complete uh, – rebuild and so i have a ton of picks and i got a bunch of young guys um and i'm not competing this year um so but you know i can always try to move him um you know in the off season and and see what i can get from then too but i would like to move him now just to kind of get all my ducks in a row but um you know it'll we'll see what happens yeah and i mean it's looking good i mean he he played the first half he almost had a double double 14 and 9 um you know tonight so with that being said, we'll jump into actually getting closer to closing out here. Um, and actually, real quick, I'll just I'll just do one of these. Um, this is typically the Fantastic Three offense, but we'll do we'll just do one of these uh, three. So typically, um, we're, it's a it's basically you, there's three players that uh, I'm going to choose that we're going to have to either keep trade cut. So there's no way that we can hold all these players. So just think if your team is stacked. Or whatever, you got to either keep a player, trade a player away, or cut a player. So, uh, the three people on slate here tonight, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be, we're just going to go ahead with the Suns rotation here. And uh, these rotational players, since we're dynasty driven, we'll give you guys the dynasty logic and also the redraft logic as well. So, Kevin, 
I pass the ball to you. So you got to keep trade or cut all these players. So Josh Jackson, Mikael Bridges, and TJ Warren, what do you do with these three? Um, I'm going to trade Josh Jackson. I, I think his value is sort of <laughs> at an all-time high right now. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I, I've mentioned it many times. I'm just, I'm not a believer in sort of his long-term potential. Uh, I could be wrong, but at this point, I feel like his value is, is really high and um, I could probably get back something pretty good for him um, better than what I think he is. Um, as far as the other two, that's kind of tough. Um, Cause I do like TJ Warren a lot. Uh, and mm-hmm. the fact that he became sort of a, elite three-point shooter out of nowhere this season is kind of a underrated story uh, in the NBA. Um, I really like the upside of Mikhail Bridges, but I don't know when he's going to get the opportunity. Um, and so I would probably end up keeping TJ Warren and then cutting Mikhail Bridges just because, again, I, I have the mindset of, of win now, um, and mm-hmm. he might still be two years away from kind of becoming uh, a really productive player. So, um, yeah, I would keep TJ, I'd trade Josh, and I would uh, have to cut Mikhail. Okay, and that's for Dynasty or Redraft or both? Um, that is for – definitely, uh, yeah, that, that's for both. That's for both, okay. Um, for me, I'm, we're almost the same. I think for me – so you said you'd keep TJ Warren, correct, yeah. if you're in a win-now situation? Yeah, I know he's hurt right now, but I think if right. back, he should slot in and, and – get um solid uh role there right um i guess we're pretty much the same on that the difference is i mean obviously i would i would cut josh jackson and i secretly i, I like secretly <laughs> josh jackson i don't know why but anyways um mikhail bridges i think i think i would actually hold him in a dynasty league and uh trade away tj warren now redrafters i, I can pretty much agree with kevin on uh, as far as keeping T.J. Warren and trading Mikael Bridges. I, I just think Mikael Bridges is a player that I'd like to buy into. Now, T.J. Warren, it's not that he's old at all, and he's still a good player, but it's just with Phoenix, I don't know what they're going to do, you know, in the future. You know, the the time, as far as I don't even know if he's going to stay there. He almost seems, for me, he's like a a player that is a startable player in, in, in some on NBA teams, but also I can see him coming off as a six man in some teams. So, you know, that's what my take on that. So we'll jump into the unicorn court and uh, I'm going to give you guys a cheat code here this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be. And it's just a, a you know, a hot sell or hot cakes, what I call it when you, you know, sell someone to hide like hot cakes. Uh, as far as dynasty, since we're dynasty driven, and actually, I got a, I got a message here saying that Miles Turner's ranked thirteenth in the standard fantasy the past two months. That's 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 pretty cool. So, the the what I want to mention about this player right here that I um that you want to sell high on, and it's actually a player I like a lot, is D'Angelo Russell. The reason why you want to sell him like hotcakes is um actually I mentioned in my last episode is Karis Levert came back. With only 14 minutes, not not this game, but the, the previous game, only 14 minutes, and he had five steals, right? This player, as Kevin had mentioned about Karis LeVert, um, again, I mentioned in the last podcast, I know he mentioned he's like the best player in the Nets. And typically, I can I can see that, you know, from what I'm seeing from him. Um, I'm happy to see him back. 
at a, in a you know a time right now as far as how freakish that injury looked. And again, I still like D'Angelo Russell, but you know he's been a top twenty-five player here, I believe, the last month. So if you're able to sell him as quickly as possible, and he had a good game tonight too, but if you're able to sell him like hotcakes, then you need to do it. He's and also he scored twenty-eight tonight as we're recording. So and as far as who you should try to gauge and get about, if you can somehow pull a, a top 30, 40 player in a dynasty league, that's something you want to look and be in consideration of because Karis Levert is going to, is, is going to start getting um, loose out there. Maybe not even this season. He could actually even be strong at the end of the season, but in a dynasty format, um, you, you should see him as far as Daniel Russell goes, his body's going to take a little hit there. Uh, they're going to share more responsibilities there in the uh, the Nets. And do you you like the Nets a little bit? I would say now, right, Kevin? Or yeah, in my self hatred of the the Wizards <laughs> and the, all the nonsense <laughs> they're doing, I, I was I <laughs> was trying to find another team to kind of follow, and so I, I picked the Nets uh, a few months ago as a team that you know they have a lot of interesting and kind of exciting young players going on in there, and so um, I've been following them a little bit more closely. Right. And last thing I was going to say on this cheat code, this is another cheat code. Just because I'm willing to sell high on a player doesn't mean I don't like him anymore. It's just it's all about playing the numbers and value game. If you can get something a little better, you know, why not? You know, that's just always my take on trying to improve your team. Um, So with that being said, in the unicorn court, Kevin has a fantasy advice. Uh, He's going to give you guys a carrot for tonight. What's uh, the carrot that you got for everybody? Uh, just as we get closer, and especially once you, assuming you get into the playoffs, you you want to use the next couple days before your trade deadline to start trying to consolidate talent. Um, uh-huh. It's it becomes really important. Um, and it it can be kind of cheap, but uh, getting the the increased games played it makes a huge difference. Um, and I've been in some leagues where if you are kind of asleep at the wheel and your team's kind of coasting um, uh-huh. and you're, you're not um, working the waiver wire and you're not working streamers and that sort of thing into your, into your team and kind of maximizing the games played, you get upset. Um, you get a, a team coming in that just has that strategy down pat. They may not be on paper as good of a team as your team, but they can, they, just out of pure volume, they can beat you. So you want to make sure that you, if you have the ability to consolidate some of your talents. So you have one or two spots available at the bottom of your bench that you can just cut without any hesitation to bring in somebody that's playing an extra game or two that week, because those are the types of moves that are going to get you an extra 15 points and five boards and five assists. And that's the sort of stuff that can get you over the top and help out, you know, help you kind of squeeze out some of those wins. So it's just something to consider before your trade deadline is, if you can do sort of a two-for-one type of deal and, again, increase the, the strength of your team while not being quite as deep, um, it gives you that flexibility and that ease to kind of easily just uh, stream guys in in and out uh, and kind of maximize the number of moves you can do each week to kind of get you those the, the extra um, games played, which is becomes a really big component to winning these sort of close victories between uh, good teams in your leagues. Oh, man. I like it, man. Love it. I'm sure the listeners love it. So there's, let me at least throw this in real quick uh, as we're getting ready to close. Cause I know there's a listener that always likes to ask more personal stuff uh, as far as like the pretty much, I, I guess you could say, pull the, 
pull the curtain and kind of see what goes in the back with the unicorn. So we can kind of, let me at least ask you this or, you know, talk about this a little bit. So um, they kind of asked like, what's our leagues like, or, you know, what do we do on on the side? We can kind of branch off into that as later episodes, you know, go on as you guys get to know the unicorns. But one thing I want to mention is um, find someone in your league that you can be rivals with, or you consider them um, a strong opponent. I consider Kevin a rival still. You know, to this day, um, he's a really good fantasy player. And, you know, you, you got to give respect for where it's due. If you can find one of those type of jams, just kind of pay attention to them. Learn and craft your own skill and harness your own skill at the same time. Obviously, if you find something strong about them, try to implement it in your own skill trait. Utilize it for your advantage. And again, I've mentioned this on a few episodes. Don't just even look into your strong opponents. Look into your weaker opponents in the league and see what they're doing. Um, I think I also alluded to, oh, maybe I maybe I did or maybe I didn't. But if I'm re-saying it, then I apologize. But let me at least say this. So for me to kind of gauge on how strong an opponent is in a league, kind of look at, you know, what type of moves they're doing. Look at the transaction history, right? So when you look at a transaction history, that what I'm talking about is like, come, are they really streaming hard? Kind of like what Kevin's alluding to, like, make sure you maximize everything to get eke out that win, especially when it comes to playoff time. That's really important to do. You know, look around, see what everybody's doing. Just also, though, if you're, you know, making too many moves, be careful because if you drop a good player, a, a wise GM is going to pick, pluck them right beneath your, you know, your your eyes, and that would be an unfortunate situation. So just um, in general, what I'm trying to say is, like, Kevin, like I said, he's a he's a really strong opponent, and uh, he, he does it really wisely. So, you know, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead – Get ready for the clutch shot. And uh, did you have a clutch shot, or did you want me to try to ball hog it real quick till you get one? Oh, uh, no, I got it. Um, okay. There, there's a player um, on the Knicks who's been uh, interesting lately. So if you guys okay. haven't seen um, Kadeem Allen, uh, he actually oh, yeah. tonight put up 26 points. Um, and oh. so a lot of people, he's a new name for a lot of people. Um, and I think when um, we've the Knicks were dealing some, with some injuries, and they obviously they made some trades. Um, people, I think, were looking for Alonzo Trier to kind of step up and kind of receive a bigger role. But it seems like Kadeem Allen has been the guy that uh, they like over in New York right now. And he's, he got 32 minutes tonight. Again, 25 points, three boards, six assists, and a steal. Um, and I think it was on 10 for 16 shooting, so that's obviously not sustainable. But mm-hmm. I do like his game, and he actually had another game uh, his previous one before that too, he had 14 points, four boards, mm. six assists, two steals, two threes. So he's a guy that until, um, you know, Moutier and, and Nilakina come back um, should find his way to a pretty decent role for, you know, he, he's definitely a gamble. And I think he's a guy that um, if you, again, one of those things where if you have an open spot, pick him up because the Knicks are playing, they, you know, they played this game here, but over the most leagues are doing week 18 and 19 combined. Um, the Knicks are the only team that have five games over that period. So that's an extra game that you get uh, with him in there. And you never know what's going on in New York. And so he's a guy that could take off and provide, you know, some decent value, especially in deeper leagues. So I would, if you have that spot, just pick him up and see what happens. And, uh, it, you know, if not, then at least keep a close eye. 
<laughs> and the reason why I'm like kind of like laughing back here because uh, thank thanks for sharing that because I'm I'm about to try to pick them up. All right, right yeah, now. go for it. I mean, there's 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 no harm in it, and if you if you have your team built where you have that spot that you can stream in and out, you know, you got to take gambles because yeah. one of those guys is going to hit, and all of a sudden you have another mm-hmm. top eighty guy on your team, uh, and that's what's going to help you, you know, in the playoffs. But he he's looked good, and he produces in multiple categories so far, and. Uh, again, the, it's the Knicks rotation is always going to be a question mark, but he's kind of showing that yeah. he can produce right now. So he's worth a look. Nice, real quick. And then a clutch shot I'm going to take here is, have you ever seen a double, triple double on the same team in, in a game before, Kevin? I don't think I have. Man, Russell Westbrook and Paul George both had a triple double, and it wasn't a small one either. So Paul George had a 47, 12, and Oof. 10 triple double. And then Russell Westbrook had a 21-14-11 triple-double. That's just crazy, man. Crazy. So, with that being said, um, you guys can find me on my Twitter handle, at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar. You can also find me on Instagram, fantasyunicorns underscore Starks, as well as you can find me on Reddit, Starks21. Guys, reach out to me, uh, the rest of the unicorns. Um, ask us any questions. You know, we'll do the best that we can to, you know, get to you. But also, if you want to interact with us almost 24 hours, you know, we got the Patreon. Check that out on our uh, site on thefantasyunicorns.com. Check out our content blogs that are consistently on thefantasyunicorns.com, along with our uh, shop online where you can get clothes and uh, mugs there. So with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to Kevin. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin. So uh, like Stark says, do, and definitely go check out our stuff uh, at the fantasy um, You know, we're, we're putting out articles, you know, uh, not every day, but uh, close to it. And so there's always new content going out there. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully you guys are, are getting some good value out of that. And he mentioned the Patreon and the shop. And those are two good ways to help support us, you know, help us, uh, you know, keep the lights on, keep things moving. Um, you know, we're, we're happy for any type of um, um, support, uh, whether that's just reading our stuff or listening to the podcast. But, you know, the, the, if you can chip in a little bit, that always helps. And we, we truly appreciate it. Yep. The more um, that you help us, the more we can provide you guys with content. And also, I meant to mention this, uh, we have a new listener, Tim uh, Eugene. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, brother. Just gave us a five-star rating uh, review and a subscribe, so we appreciate you. Um, with that being said, guys, take a ride. Later.